I guess I was working for other people and I think I always had it in my head that I wanted to work for myself and I was a bit, um, I was sick of getting told no. I had ideas and I wanted to make, implement changes um, and those sorts of things. This is Property Investory where we talk to successful property investors, find out more about their stories, mindset and strategy. I'm Tyrone Shum and in this episode, I'm speaking with Janet Durrance, Property Manager and Director of Top Shelf Asset Management as she guides us through her journey that's taken her all around Australia and how she followed in her parents' footsteps in property management while building her property portfolio. Also, before we delve into this episode, go over to propertyinveststory.com and subscribe to receive your free property investor case studies where you'll learn how to generate passive income from your properties. Go there now to sign up for free. Darren is the Director of Top Shelf Asset Management where she and her team manage over 100 properties. I guess I was working for other people and I think I always had it in my head that I wanted to work for myself and I was a bit, um, I was sick of getting told no. I had ideas and I wanted to make, implement changes um, and those sorts of things and, you know, the bosses of the company were either not into it or it was restrictive. Um, So I guess I thought, stuff this, I'll do it myself. Making time to develop her business and look after her clients is a daily challenge that keeps Durrant busy. Every day is really different, um, the life of a property manager. I'm still at the stage of the business where I'm both working in it and um, on it. So I do all the day-to-day tasks of a property manager from rent arrears, uh, lease renewals, maintenance requests, um, advertising and leasing properties and all of that sort of stuff. Um, but then I also do um, the business side of things, the business development where I'm going out and getting new new business as well as uh, marketing and business planning and um, bookkeeping and all of those fun, fun jobs as well. Although the company is relatively new, her hard work has already resulted in success. Ever since July, um, I think I've just got to a stage where I don't really do any marketing. It's all referral um, based and I think I've just got to a stage where um, I've got enough clients, people are talking about me, people are thinking of me, uh, referring me on and um, yeah, it's just really started to ramp up which is great. Moving around in her childhood, Darren got to live all over Australia before settling in Western Australia. We, as a family, moved around a lot. I was actually born in Sydney um, and my dad was in the Navy. So um, we kind of went Sydney, Melbourne, Sydney, over to Perth, back to Adelaide, um, uh, where dad got out of the Navy. Um, We did actually settle in Adelaide for 12 months. Dad said to mum, this is where we're going to be for the rest of our life. And then he left, left the Navy um, and we moved, I think it was even 11 months later after after being there. Um, so then we moved up to Exmouth in WA, um, which was a pretty cool place to spend some of my primary uh, years. Um, then we moved down to Perth. Um, then mum and dad kind of moved up to Linster, which, which is northeast of Kalgoorlie, a closed mining town. 
Um, and my brother and I went to boarding school in Perth from the age of 12. While she is still based in Perth, Darren has done her fair share of her own solo travelling. Since high school years, I have had a couple of stints where uh, when I was oh, 18, turning 19, I moved to London for a couple of years. I did the, the typical Aussie um, go over, um, get your two-year visa, be a nanny, <laughs> <laughs> live in with the family, um, travel Europe. Um, and then I came back here um, and then I've done a two-year stint up in Broome, um, Western Australia as well. So. Um, I think my parents kind of installed in me the moving around <laughs> as well. But I'm pretty settled in Perth now. This is me um, for for the good um, foreseeable future, I, I reckon, definitely, yeah. Having family in the property managing business gave Durant the exposure that would lead to her establishing her career as a property manager. So I um, left school and I went straight into uni. Um, to be honest, it probably wasn't the best decision for me. Um, I wasn't ready to go or studies just not really my my thing. <laughs> um, so I started my um, Bachelor of Business um, at uni. Um, uh, while I was at uni, I was actually, my mum was a property manager, so I was actually also working, showing houses, like vacant properties for the, the rental um, property company that she worked for. Um, and uh, I didn't do so well at uni. <laughs> I was too too busy having a good time, to be honest. Um, than um, actually concentrating on my studies. So I managed to pa- uh, pass the important ones, accounting and economic, kind of into my debits and my credits and my supply and demand, um, but everything else just wasn't really really my thing. So that's when I kind of um, decided uni wasn't for me. I deferred and I took off to London for two years. While the expiry of her visa pushed her to return to Australia, Durant was ready to plan for her future. So you can only get a, a two-year visa um, in the situation that I was in doing nannying. Um, so, but I think it was time for me. I was I was having a really good time over there, but I was um, ready to kind of start working um, and um, I guess preparing for my future, um, putting some money away and and that sort of stuff. Get a bit serious about life. <laughs> Her hard work and motivation helped Durant climb the corporate ladder when she returned to Australia and has been instilled in her from her adolescence. So I went straight into property management. I um, worked for um, a company where I kind of got a property management assistant role, um, which I very quickly moved up to property manager and then eventually um, moving uh, to manage the the department um, for them in a sort of a short period of time. Um, But I've done a lot of other I reckon I've probably been working since I was about 13. Um, because we went to boarding school, um, mum and dad moved to Leinster when we um, were already at the schools that we were going to be boarding at. So we didn't really have any, you know, friends or didn't go to school in Leinster. So we didn't know a lot of people when, like, school holiday time when we would uh, go back up there. So we, brother and I, we just basically worked <laughs> <laughs> on our school holidays, just started um, whether or not it was waitressing or kitchen hand or I think we even cleaned motel rooms. Like, we just, wow. just yeah, just worked at a range of things. I think at that stage it was, you know, $5 an hour. She also found inspiration to enter property management from her dad's own career path. The dad um, got out of the Navy. Um, Basically, um, he's um, gone and worked for um, 
uh, other companies that, um, you know, Australian Defence Force or um, uh, mining companies. So when we moved to Leinster, he was the town manager. So it was a closed mining town and um, so you couldn't live there unless you worked there and so all the housing was provided. So I guess from that point of view, it was a bit of a property manager of the town as well. So he gave accommodation to people. He did the maintenance on the accommodation. Well, he didn't personally, but he organised the maintenance on the accommodation and all of that sort of stuff. Um, And now he kind of lectures in maintenance planning. Motivation from co-workers and a booming housing market gave Darren the idea to begin her own investing portfolio. Not long after I started as the property management assistant, I um, I originally got back from London and I was like, all right, I'm just going to work hard for six months and then I'm going to take off to Canada. But then I started working with... Um, or basically the company that I worked for, um, it was a project marketing company. So we would um, sell the big developments for um, developers um, and I would then be the property manager for, say, 30 out of the 80 in the building or something like that. So I'd have to go in and canvas for the new managements and lease them all out. And lots of the people that I worked with, they were all buying in these complexes. And um, I think... Perth at this stage was really booming or was it 2006 about Um, and all these guys were buying off the plan and it was settling a couple of years later and they had a whole heap of equity um, in it and they were all really encouraging on um, me also getting into property investing so I kind of just got it in my head that I could do this too. Coming up after the break, Darren continues to take us through the challenges she has faced in her investing journey. Put an offer in um, and got accepted and then I went through the finance uh, process um, and my finance actually got declined, which was mortifying. As well as how her timing and hard work gave her her great successes. And this guy had obviously, he'd bought it um, at the peak of the market, started to renovate it, ran out of money. Um, uh, so he it was a bit of a shell um, so I ended up getting it um, at a really good price and that's next I'm Tyrone Shum and you're listening to Property Investory Hey podcast listeners I just wanted to let you know about the podcast show notes I've created for you that you can download at freepropertyresource.com. Inside these show notes, I've included a full summary, details of the resources recommended plus much, much more. Just go to freepropertyresource.com to grab it now. It's free and it'll make the rest of the episode so much more impactful. Again, that's freepropertyresource.com. Now back to the show. Even with the help of government grants, she still had to overcome the challenges of buying in a seller's market. So I started looking around um, for a property to buy. Um, the first home buyer's grant was still around at that stage. I think um, it was $7,000. So I knew that um, after speaking to a mortgage broker that my budget, that the um banks would lend me it was about 170,000 I think um at that time of year I knew that that was a little bit over and above my um my personal budget in what I wanted to to spend 
Um, so um, I was just looking around. But when, because it was booming, I was going to home opens and literally there was 10 people at the home open. Three of them were writing up offers on the dining room table right there and then um, at the first home open for, you know, 30 grand more than what the, the asking price was. Despite the competition, Darren was able to finally get her start in property investing. But I ended up looking at a few different places, um, some which I'm actually really glad now that I didn't get in terms of didn't end up putting in an offer or um, uh, my offer wasn't accepted. Um, And my mum was just talking to a friend of hers who happened to say that her dad had a one-bedroom unit sitting vacant. It had been sitting vacant for two years. So, um, it wasn't income producing for them and he really wanted to um, sell up and, and go travelling. So we organised for me to go and have a look at that place and to be honest, I kind of turned my nose up at it um, to start, start off with um, until I realised that, you know, your first place doesn't necessarily have to be your your forever home. Um, <laughs> so um, I managed to get my first place um, when it didn't go on to the sales market, so I had no, um, I wasn't competing with other people. Um, we ended up doing it privately. Um, I got it valued. Um, the valuation came in at I think it was one hundred and fifteen to one hundred and thirty thousand uh, for the property. So I ended up um, offering them one hundred and thirty thousand, the top end of the valuation, um, knowing full well that if it went to the um, market it'd probably get 160,000 just because of the way that the market was going and there was so much competition. I got it at the 130 which I was stoked for. I think it ended up being actually a really good outcome for for both of us um, because they just wanted a a hassle-free sort of transaction Um, and uh, I um, obviously got a good deal in the current market that um, was working out. I mean, he'd had owned it for, I don't know, 20 years or so. So Yeah, wow, okay. So can you just explain to us what, what type of property was this? So it's a one one bedroom um, apartment, um, well, unit flat, you'd probably call it. It's 47 square metres um, and it's kind of like it is more of a bed sit really because um, you have to go through the, the bedroom to get to the bathroom um, and it's all kind of just um, – it's on the top floor um, of a block of 40, 42 units on a really big bit of land um so it's in uh, a suburb called Wembley which is um not far from the CBD um Wembley has um, a mixture of million dollar houses um and it has this particular strip Herdsman Parade which um has a number of um unit blocks on them which are um very multicultural and um good good renters After breaking into the market, Durant faced challenges of a different kind as she expanded her portfolio. I think my worst investing moment was um, when I tried to buy my fifth house. (laughs) Um, Tried to buy being the operative word. Um, I was living in Broome at the time and um, just scaling the realestate.com like I did on a a daily basis looking for for the next one that I wanted to buy. Um, And I came across one in Kalgoorlie actually Um, and I think it was was about 295,000 
that it was selling for um, with a um, guaranteed um, grow or, or government lease. So, you know, teachers, polices, those sorts of things would have been um, renting it for about, I think it's $450 a week was the rental income on that, um, which I... Yeah, I was looking at it and I was going, this is too good to be true. <laughs> like, why is that, um, you know, why is that like that? There must be a catch. Um, but anyway, I put an offer in um, and got accepted and then I went through the finance uh, process um, and my finance actually got declined, which was mortifying for me. <laughs> I was just like, oh, my gosh, that's not cool at all. Um my finance got declined because I had a, um, let's say, a disagreement with a, um, a telco company <laughs> and I, instead of dealing with it and sorting it out and paying the bill or negotiating to pay the bill, et cetera, um, I uh, forgot about it and, unfortunately, that put a black dot against my, my credit history. So that was a bit mortifying to find that out because I had moved. I wasn't getting, you know, the notifications and, and those sorts of things um, to realise that, yeah, to go through the finance process. And they were like, oh, you've got a black dot against your name. I was like, oh, my gosh, that is not good at all. Although she was able to work around her credit, other financial deterrents proved to have a silver lining. Like I ended up doing a stat deck and explaining the situation and all of those sorts of things. Um, but I didn't quite have 20% uh, deposit or, or equity. So it ended up being that I I think this is when they kind of started tightening up the rules on, on lending as well. Um, so it was getting a little bit harder to um, get money as it is. Um, but it ended up being I could have got the finance, but I would have had to pay um mortgage lending insurance which um at that point in time I was a bit like no that's not you know as you know it's something that protects the bank it doesn't protect you like some people might might think that it does it's a one-off uh fee I guess um so in saying that I uh, decided not to go down that road and I wasn't able to um go ahead with the purchase but it actually ended up being um a blessing in disguise given that um, the downturn in the WA um, property market and I've since looked up those properties which um, have definitely dropped in value as well as the rental return has um, significantly gone down as well. So although it was my worst uh, investing moment realising that um, I couldn't get finance for something, um, it actually probably turned out to be a, a blessing in disguise. Pushing her boundaries and capitalising on a falling property market led Durant to realise her potential as an investor. It was probably when I bought my third third property. Um, I was living in Broome at the time and something came up in the um, same complex that I already had um, property in. Um, and this guy had obviously he'd bought it um, at the peak of the market, started to renovate it, ran out of money. Um, uh, so he, it was a bit of a shell. Um, so I ended up getting it um, at a really good price. Um, I think he probably purchased it, purchased it at about two hundred thirty, two hundred forty thousand, um, and I got it for one hundred fifty-two. I think it was. Um, 
from him. Um, I bought it sight unseen. So knowing, I was like, oh, wow, I can do that. I didn't think I could let go and and not do something before I actually um, spent that amount of money on it. Um, and then I flew down to, uh, back down to Perth um, and I gutted the property myself um, and then project managed the um the renovation from um, up in Broome after um, being down there and checking it all out. So that kind of, for me, was a bit like, oh, I can actually do this. You know, you can actually buy properties under market value. You can actually do a renovation and add value to it um, and then um, rent it out and um, have a good income-producing asset, I guess. What was the highlight of her experience? I got the jackhammer. I got the... <laughs> so you actually went in there and, and how, that must have been so much fun. It was. It was so much fun, you know, getting all the tiles off the walls, ripping out the, the kitchen cupboards and, and those sorts of things. Um, it was, um, yeah, it was a lot of fun. My big boots and, um, yeah, just went in and, and gutted it. I guess because that's what costs you a lot of money in um, renovations is the labour, um, so that sort of thing. Um, although probably... Uh, in future, I'd probably just pay people to do um, renovations. It was a really great experience for me just to get in there and get my hands dirty and, and do it. Looking to the future, Darren has begun the long process of returning to investing and focusing on her finances. I haven't gone for another home loan, so I haven't purchased anything after that because I've then um, changed into being self-employed. So my focus has actually been on my my business and getting that um, up and running. So um, I'm in a bit of a position now where I'm about to start looking at investing in property again. Um, so I'm going through the processes of getting um uh, all of that in order. So, you know, you're doing all the things that the banks want you to do at the moment. Um, you know, they print off six months of your bank statements and all of that sort of stuff. So just, you know, curbing your spending and making sure that you've got zero dollars on your credit card and um, all your mortgages are in front and you're yeah, up to date with all of them and all of that sort of stuff. So, So, inspired by this story and what Janet Darren is excited about today, we'll keep the conversation going in a future episode on Property Investory Podcast, where we'll talk about how timing and taking advantage of the changing market is key to a successful strategy. I think if you can put yourself in a position where you can ride through those downturns um, and possibly even buying in those downturns rather than when everyone else is freaking out and, and selling, um, I think that um, can go a long way in your investment journey. The importance of maintaining mental health as an investor. About looking after your, your mind and just making sure that you're um, looking after your mental health as well just by doing simple things. And that's next time on a future episode of Property Investory Podcast. Also, if you haven't subscribed to receive your free property case studies that I only send exclusively via email, you can text me your email address to 0499881040 to subscribe. These real case studies are from experienced property investors where they share specific numbers of their portfolio, the strategies and much more. Simply text me your email address to 0499881040 to get your free case studies. Thanks for listening.